Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. All right. As you heard, we are the Armchair Superheroes. I am Pat Lane. Here with me is Taylor Kyles and a new addition to the show, Wesley Burho. Wesley, welcome in. Taylor, hello. How are you? We're excited. We're excited to get this thing started, man. For sure. Thanks for uh, for bringing me along. Love talking movies. Love talking uh, superheroes and uh, basically any anyone. If they're wearing tights, I'm I'm gonna want to have, have a chat about them. So I love it. I think you put it pretty perfectly. We're obviously very excited to have you and uh, glad to talk some MCU stuff. I can't have put it more perfectly than you just put it. So let's get it started. That was beautiful. That's it. I agree. And, uh, you know, we've lost some things. We, we uh, Taylor and I recorded this a little peek behind the curtain here. Taylor and I recorded this show uh, a week or a week or so ago, and uh, it just it, it disappeared into the into the Zoom atmosphere, whatever the hell happened that we recorded on Zoom and it disappeared. It was gone. Interestingly enough, the same exact thing happened to the Patriot Nation podcast, which is why it didn't come on on Friday. Uh, so, but yeah, anyway, so now we're back on Uber Conference and we may have lost last week's show, but we added another host. So, so uh, we feel like we've gained something in, in the, uh, you know, in the process. And certainly for the listeners, I think, I think you guys will agree that we've gained something. So, uh, so we're starting for those of you that, that didn't listen to the uh, introduction episode. We're starting with the MCU. We're rewatching the MCU. We're all quarantined here, okay? We're rewatching the MCU, and we're starting at the beginning, but we're not doing it um, chronologically in, w- in the way they came out. We're doing it kind of timeline. So, in other words, chronologically in the way the movies come out. So, the first movie is going to be Captain Mar- uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, which obviously takes place in the 1940s. And so, that is the movie we're starting with today. That is movie number one. So Taylor, I'm going to go to you to kind of kick it off uh, just about the movie. And, you know, we can, we're kind of, kind of kind of flow through here a little bit, but it's going to be a little connection to the MCU. Also what we thought about the movie as well. Yeah. Well, this movie I think is one of those that got a lot better um, as it got older because of all the times it had to so many other MCU movies and all the callbacks and things that we saw as the history of this whole cinematic universe progressed. And really you just saw a character that, You know, it's kind of like Marvel Superman, where he seems like such a goody two-shoes, such an upright kind of character, that he seems like someone who would be very hard to relate to and hard to really like from a fan perspective, because it's hard to relate to someone who always does the right thing. Um, And I think that the writing and the way that they presented this character and the way they established his values was fantastic and instrumental in really making this one of the strongest characters in the MCU and my personal favorite, um, because of the fact that he's someone who clearly believes in... Uh, his morals and is really bound to them very strongly 
and he's willing to break code that you would think he would abide by because he knows it's the right thing to do. And we see it, you know, for the whole reason he joins the army when he says, I don't, uh, I don't want to kill anyone. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. That's, you know, that's cap to a T. Uh, so you really get a good glimpse into who he is and uh, what makes him the uh, leader of the Avengers and, you know, all the kind of things he has to go through and all the moments that he has that show you why he's someone that all these guides and monsters and everyone look up to and, you know, leads in the battle for what I can't wait to finally be Endgame. I want to watch it so badly. It's been so long. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, listen, I um, I feel the same way. And one of the things that I like about this a lot, uh, one of the things they do so well, I think, is that they start off, and, and you talk about, you know, some of the things that come up in the MCU again, you know, and some of even the quotes that come up in the MCU again, they start before he becomes Captain America, when he's just little Steve Rogers, right? He's getting beat up in yep. the alley. He says, you know, he says to the guy, I could do this all day, you know, and then him and Bucky, you know, kind of have that, have that uh, interaction. And he says, you know, don't do anything stupid. And then Rogers, you know, responds, you know, I can't, you taking all the stupid with you. And so like, those types of things, I think, kind of define his character before he becomes Captain America. And that, you know, that happens when the doctor says before the, you know, before the night before Stanley Tucci's character says to him, you know, be who you are, right? Whatever happens tomorrow, you promise me that you stay who you are, not a perfect soldier, but a good man. And I think that at the end of the day, that's who he is and that's who they try to make him. And that's kind of what fuels his character the whole, you know, the whole way through this entire MCU. And so I think that, you know, that's important that they start it there before he even has that, you know, that surgery because or procedure, whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, because that's it's vital to who he is as a character, not necessarily the superhero, but the person. Yeah, when when Tucci dies in the in the uh, uh, next to the hunk machine, uh, you know, he uh, he touches Cap right in the heart. You know, just kind of being like, it's still you, no matter what, it's still you. And I mean, I, I, I like this movie. I don't love this movie. Um, I, but I understand it. And I think that they, they really kind of play with the aesthetic because I think this is like the cheesiest of the movies. Um, you know, it kind of, it reads like, a you know, as you're watching it, it kind of plays like a 1940s superhero movie like you know here's this like scrappy guy from brooklyn you know who now suddenly has powers and you know and he's you know doing all the right things and he's selling you know the the bonds to fund the war and like it's it's like this cheesy thing and like even the red skull is a little like over the top um and so it really kind of makes uh captain's character arc as you go through the rest of the movies um it makes it, it like not hard to follow, but it, but it's like, it's such a, a steep change. And, you know, he goes from being kind of this, you know, ham and egger all time, you know, cheesy 1940s guy to being like a jaded bearded, like outlaw essentially. And, yeah. but it's like, uh, you know, like Taylor said, like it's, it's because it's who he is. Like he, no matter what, he's going to do the right thing, even when it feel, you know, even when, you know, his best friend, quote unquote, is saying it's the wrong thing. Um, you know, he's going to stick right. by his guns and what he believes. So, you know, it, it, I think that I think the movie has a lot of value in that. 
and it fits really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, watching it chronologically, I think actually, uh, you know, in terms of like the the timeline, the the MCU timeline, um, I've actually enjoyed it more. Not thinking about the mm-hmm. other movies that may have come before yeah. or after it, but thinking about right. it. Absolutely, and I think you brought up a lot of really good points because it kind of does come off as a really hammy movie, and that's something they were able to play up because, you know, it takes place in the 40s, and that's kind of the style. And that's something that you, I think you can see throughout the whole Marvel timeline is depending on the director, it can really affect the way you view some elements. Like, if you go from Ragnarok to, you know, like Infinity War, it's such an aggressive kind of tonal shift because you're going from this lighthearted movie that's very out there and weird and cosmic in that way to something that's very dire and uh, it's, it's a much heavier tone. So I, I think that's very cool. And then it, it makes it even kind of more intense when you, I think personally, not to get too ahead, but when you start to see in the Winter Soldier, how much more intense it is. And you see, you know, again, there's this old school kind of throwback type guy who uses all this handy dialogue and he's, you know, so upright. And now he has to adapt to this situation that is very current and very real and to see how he adjusts to really show his characters. So again, I really like that summary and that was, that was a really cool uh, kind of way to view all those, uh, that kind of uh, timeline. Yeah. I love, I love the, I love the hammy parts. You know, I just think Tommy Lee Jones is so good in this and he has a lot of those one liners, you know, where uh, cap is, a, I guess Steve Rogers is in the camp and he's like, look at him. He's making me cry. You know, and the, and the grenade scene I think is, is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie when he chucks the grenade and everyone goes scatter and he jumps on it, you know, and, and it's kind of obviously symbolic of who he is, but you know, he walks away and he's like, he's still skinny, you know? And, and even the end, right. When, uh, when Carter kisses him as he's getting on the plane and, you know, he looks at Timely Jones and he goes, well, I'm not kissing you, you know? And it's just like, again, it's, it's playing up that kind of cheesy angle, but you know, he, he does a, he does a really good job and I like him a lot in there. And it's funny how you see some of these characters that are in the MCU that you just kind of forget were there. I mean, Stanley Tucci's a, a fairly big actor. Tommy Lee Jones, obviously a huge actor, you know, and, and even, you know, see Natalie Dormer in there from Game of Thrones. And so it's just funny to see these characters that you almost forget were in the MCU that you're like, oh my God, yeah, that that's right. That character was in the MCU. And they were good. I mean, you know, you, you have those actors in there and they, they have a chance to uh, mail it in, you know, right. Especially Tommy Lee Jones. I think Tommy Lee Jones has been mailing it in for the last like 15 years. So, you know, it's like to actually get him to kind of act the part. I mean, he, I mean, he's playing Tommy Lee Jones, but right. You know, it, it fit, it, it really did fit and it wasn't like jarring or upsetting. Um, I mean, the thing that, that blew me away uh, is that like even today they're doing the de aging and the and the CGI and stuff, and in this movie it looked so good, and you forget that yeah. like this is one of the you know the first movies to kind of do it, and right. they did it so skillfully. There's really only like one shot um, when he's in the when he's in the the taxi with uh, or the car with um, Agent Carter that's kind of mm-hmm. like strange looking like it's just it's like a bad angle but for the most right. part he looks like he looks like a tiny wimp through the whole thing however they shot it however they did it it's it's just amazing like the technological savviness of the the filmmaker and like you know however old the movie is in real time what is it, like six seven eight years like that's pretty great it's pretty yeah. that's pretty impressive i think what? um 
when you mentioned kind of the actors and the like how a lot of them can even all these like skillful actors when we look back it seems like they're kind of just having fun but that's one of the things i think this movie this franchise has to its advantage is that they can get all these big name actors that really just come in like michael douglas in the anime movies he's not being like you know hardcore michael douglas he's really just doing him and he's having a good time you can tell it's lighthearted, but because these movies are so kind of charming it's something that they can kind of get away with. And it's like, oh, it's a really famous actor who's in a superhero movie. That's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's cool to see him just having fun with it. And, uh, but then you've also get characters like Agent Carter, who I know we said in the other podcast before it went away. I, I love her character because she's such a strong figure. And early Marvel movies didn't really have a lot of that, you know, strong female heroes because they were kind of hamstrung and had to do, uh, certain types of projects that were more, you know, male-based, obviously don't want to get too into the politics, but early on in uh, the Marvel Universe, they weren't allowed to do stuff like Black Panther and Black Widow because of, like, some higher-up decision who didn't really want to show that diversity. But it was cool how they kind of snuck in a character who was so strong that the emotional arc that she has carries through all these movies, and by the time you get to the end, I know for me it's a cheerjerker every time, but, you know, they give you this character who is very strong and independent, and they give you her in a time frame where you know, people weren't really empowered that way in the position that she was in. In her first scene, you see her kind of, you know, punching the dude in the face is being disrespectful. And then Tommy Lee Jones comes in and is like, yep, if you're going to be an asshole, that's what's going to happen. You know, she's one of us. Right. I thought that was really cool that they gave you that strength of character in a very tough setting in a situation where on the inside and outside of that movie, they really weren't very well equipped to kind of do that sort of thing. So I love her and she's one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Well, and you're totally right about that. And, uh, you know, you look at, like, even Iron Man, was it Iron Man 3? I think it's Iron Man 3, where, like, you know, where he's standing there and Gwyneth Paltrow is, like, hanging on to him. Like, he's the hero and she's the, you know, she's the 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 uh, the person who can't take care, you know, the woman who can't take care of herself. And he, you know, and, and mm-hmm. obviously that's changed as we go through. You know, you see the Wasp out there and you see, you know, obviously that great scene in Endgame and whatnot. And so that's changed, but, like, this is at the beginning really of the MCU. And so, yeah, to, to have a, a character that's wrong and she might be, I mean, you could make an argument that she's like the biggest badass in the whole damn movie. Like she's just, she's great. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that that's really cool. And the de-aging thing, Wes, like you said, we're going to talk about this in the next movie, uh, Captain Marvel, but like even some of the de-aging now doesn't look great. You know, until you think about years back when they weren't just, I mean, you're not talking about just de-aging. You're talking about taking this guy who's this big, huge guy and turning him into this little shrimp and they they crushed it. You're right about that. So, um, you know, I think overall, I think overall, I enjoy this movie. Uh, it's probably it's probably middle of the pack for me. Uh, maybe a little bit, I eh, maybe a little bit down uh, at the bottom of the middle. I would say kind of that middle tier, but bottom of the middle tier. But I do enjoy it. I think it's a good movie to kind of have on in the background. I like it. Um, you know, I like the interaction with uh, you know with Neil McDonough's character and all those guys. Like that's that's it's a fun little. It's a fun little movie, and it almost feels like a war movie too, which I, which I'm partial war movies as well. So I, I like it. Yeah, I think the the only misstep for me was uh, it's just a waste of Red Skull. Um, as yeah. a fan of comics, uh, Red Skull is you know yeah. he's the real deal. You know, in terms of a big time villain, I think Marvel Marvel's always had a villain problem. I think DC always has better rogues gallery. Um, you know, between Batman and and all those uh, Marvel's got some good bad guys, but like they're mostly mirror villains. 
Um, you know, and here's Red Skull, who, yeah, okay, he had the super serum too, but like he's just completely different. Um, you know, and, and you've got, you know, Hydra, and Hydra really, you know, Hydra drives a lot of the other movies, all the, the Captain America movies, um, up until, you know, the, you know, the, the Mad Titan, you know, comes into being, right. uh, and they have to, they have to, you know, mm-hmm. save the world, quote unquote. But, um, so you had this, you know, this Hydra, uh, kind of vein and, you know, he's, he's gone, you know, Red Skull's gone. I mean, I think he gets maybe 15 minutes of screen time, if that, yeah. um, you know, for the whole MCU. And then, you know, later on he shows up and it's not the same actor. It's a guy doing an impression of him, which he does a great impression, but it's just, yeah. this is one of those things. It's just like, I, you know, I, I really, really would have liked to explore Red Skull a little more. There, there's just, a, there's a couple times in the MCU um, and we'll talk about it as we go through different movies, assuming that, uh, you know, my, my tryout here goes well, uh, that, you know, they, 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 they hurry things up. They rush it because, because yeah. it's a business. I mean, well, we're not, we're not talking about Oscar winning movies here. We're talking about a, a corporation and, you know, right. Disney, Disney made uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and that thing became such a juggernaut and produced so much money that they were able to buy Marvel. And then Marvel made so much money that they were able to buy Star Wars. And then with right. all of that money, they were able to buy everything else, Fox basically, and become Disney right. Plus and do all that. So like, you know, you're looking at brand management almost more than movie making, which is sad, but also awesome because they did such a great job. Um, yeah. And so it's just kind of frustrating. Like there's just a few more times that we'll talk about where you're just like, I want more. I want more of that. Like, or, or I want, like, give me another movie. Like, why does there only have to be, you know, three Captain Americas? Make me seven Captain right. America. You know, like, like, mm-hmm. like, why are we moving on from Steve Rogers? Why are we doing this? You know, when I want this, this, and this, and this story to be told and whatever. So, you know, and we'll talk more about that, but it's just my. Yeah, you know, no. Red Skull, damn it. Give me more Red Skull. Like, he looked great. He looked great. He yeah, was like he this, like, Shakespearean villain. He had this great, you know, ridiculous vocabulary. Like, he was awesome. Like, give me give me more Red Skull, please. Yeah. And I think, and this is possible, I may just be super naive, but I remember there was a quote that Kevin Feige said that I just, I loved. He said that they're not in the market of uh, making movies to make money. They make money to make movies, which I think early on, like their villains were disposable and i think that was a product the way that i kind of see it and the way that i think it plays out over the timeline of all these is that they sacrifice the villains because they really focus more on the characters and then setting up the kind of world that they were trying to live in and the villains were just like all right every one of these movies needs a villain but people aren't sticking around really for the villains they're sticking around for these characters but then I think they started to realize that, okay, now the charm of these characters is pretty much all the same. They get it. We can wrap it up a different way, but we need to step it up in a different capacity. So we had this whole world of superheroes, and we're like, all right, we love these guys. You know, like Iron Man 3, I think, is a good example of, like, we're willing to put up with a decent movie that doesn't really do much for the narrative if you give us a character that we love. But after a while, that started to get stale. They started to get a lot of crap for, you know, giving all these generic villains with these characters that we love, but we're just saying the same of. That's when I feel like they started stepping up their game. So I think you do see at least the care in these movies that they do try to get better. They do try to give the audience more of what they want, especially considering I think when the amount of 
Easter eggs you see in these movies and the amount of nods that are in there that a lot of people don't even notice unless they watch it for like the 10 millionth time. It's just, it shows you that there's a lot of heart and investment into where the source material is coming from. And I think they are at least making the effort to be like, all right, we're not just trying to like shove superheroes down your throat. If you want more like Guardians of the Galaxy kind of stuff, we saw that in Thor Ragnarok. You know, if you want more right. irreverent humor from people instead of Thor talking like he's in a Shakespeare movie, we'll give you that. We'll give you Chris Hemsworth if that's what you're paying for. And that's something I love about this uh, franchise and why it's got my loyalty and I'm willing to forgive a lot of things because I think they really do care about who they're selling these movies to, even though they've made some mistakes that I think are magnified now that they're so good and that they corrected them. But at the time, I think we're exacerbated because it's like, all right, you're just doing what everyone else is doing because it's such a congested market. Right. No, it's a good point. And, and I think, I think to your point of them, I, I think the story for me is key. And I, I just think the way they did it is so interesting because you see these callbacks and they don't have to use the callbacks, right? They don't have to continually use the callbacks. I mean, that taking all the stupid with you, that's a throwaway line. That's not a line that has to come back mm-hmm. at any point. And, and they take the time to bring it back. And there's another one, you know, when, when he calls Peter Queens, I just think is interesting because, you know, Stanley Tucci's character is from Queens, right? And so it's almost like you yep. can see that little hint of like a smile when he hears that Peter's from Queens. And then he calls him Queens. And so it's one of those interesting things that it might not make a difference. It might not be in there because of that. But at the same time, it also might be. And you know, they're kind of drawing that connection that they don't have to do. They don't, you know, they don't have to make that connection, but they're kind of doing that, you know, in order to make the story a little bit better and in order to to really stay true to the story. And I think that that's kind of what they've done. Uh, and again, with Cap's character, I think that they did a great job setting up who he was and they tried to, you know, to maintain that person. And like you said, you know, he becomes very jaded after a while, but that's only because, of the things that he faces. I mean, you look at, you know, winter soldier and it's like, he has to take down shield this company that, you know, this, this organization that he's been so loyal to that he thinks is doing the right thing. And in, in turn, they're actually the bad guys. Right. And obviously not all of them, but like they have the bad guys in there too. And he's like, all right, well then that's it. If we got to take down Hydra, we got to take down shield too. That's it done. See, we're just, we're getting rid of everything, you know? And for him to make a decision like that and to understand that the world isn't black and white, right? That he sees it as right and wrong, but the rest of the world refuses to see it that way and will never see it that way. And I think that that's something that he's learned to live with, but it's taken a lot out of him because, you know, because now he is a changed person because he knows that about the world. All right. So that's, that's, I think going to kind of break, finish our breakdown of Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, Again, it's a, the first movie of the 23. Um, and so, and I can provide the list for you people out there if you'd like, um, but we're going in chronological order, right? So it's going to be Captain America, first Avenger. Then next up is going to be Captain Marvel, which we're going to be talking about next, obviously. Um, and then Iron Man and Iron Man two, and then so on and so on and so on. So, so we'll kind of keep you up to date, but, uh, rewatch the MCU with us. It's, it's going to be fun, right? Come out and interact with us. And I'm sure there's a million things that we didn't bring up that you maybe saw or that you, you know, liked about the movie or noticed about the movie. Let us know for sure. Please do that. You can reach out to us at Pat's Pulpit. You can reach out to us on Twitter. I am uh, at P Lane underscore Pats. And I'll let the other guys give uh, give their Twitter handles as well. But uh, Wesley and, and Taylor, thank you so much for coming along. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to uh, to doing this. This first episode was a lot of fun. And uh, we got 22 left at least. And then, we'll, and then we'll see what happens after that. 
Absolutely. I'm excited as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. All right. Just really quick. Uh, I'm excited to be tagging along for this. It's going to be a lot of fun. My Twitter handle is at T-K-Y-L-E-S 39. Uh, follow me if you want. Don't ask you if you don't want to. And uh, hope you guys follow us along for this uh, fantastic journey. Yep. Uh, and uh, hopefully my audition went well. It'll keep me around. Oh. Uh, I'm uh, I'm at Wesley B. Uh, at Coach Wesley B. Sorry, at Coach Wesley B. I always forget that I'm a coach, and then someone <laughs> chirps me and is like, "Oh, you're a coach." And I'm like, "Fuck, okay." Well, anyway, uh, so yeah, so so I'm a coach, and that's that. Uh, and I think what's great about the this uh, MCU, uh, the whole deal, and Captain America um, on the rewatch, being able to watch it on Disney Plus. If you have Disney Disney Plus, not that this, not that we're sponsored by Disney Plus, but uh, being able to see it without commercials uh, really mm-hmm. kind of enhanced it. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I saw it. So seeing it without commercials kind of was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, kind of got yeah. me into it just a little more. And uh, it is kind of funny that, you know, chronologically, I think you see a little more, you feel a little more than just, uh, you know, in in the way it was released. So I'm yeah. excited to kind of see how it all breaks. I agree 100 percent with that. I agree a hundred percent. So anyways, all right, guys, thank you so much for, uh, for coming along. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next episode. We'll be talking about captain Marvel.